This is Under Review with Ethan Birch, Jeremy Goldstein, and Clayton Davis on VICRadio.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Under Review on VICRadio.org. I'm Clayton Davis alongside Jeremy Goldstein, Ethan Birch, and Kyle DeSantis. Guys, how you guys doing this morning? Pretty good. Pretty good. Jeremy, that was a really boring response. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. I'm doing great, Clay. Thank you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good as well. It's Sunday morning, daylight savings, so we did get an hour or an extra hour of sleep, and I'm ready to talk sports. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one of the big things that happened last week was, of course, the World Series wrapping up. Game six, uh, the Braves winning their first World Series since 1995. You know, a huge, ups- I would say, upset in, in terms of, you know, play and everything like that. So, um, yeah, can you guys just give me your thoughts on, you know, the entire World Series and what you guys thought about Game 6? Yeah, I was proved wrong. I really thought the Astros were going to prevail, especially after taking it back to Houston. But good for the Braves for, despite all their injuries and low depth chart, lack of depth in that in those final few games, staying strong, winning the games they needed to win, and, and moving on. So, great, really good for Atlanta, and uh, now it's Yankee season again. Yeah, now no, it's Yankee season. It is yeah, not no. Yankee season again. Yeah. But yeah, the Braves. The Braves played well. I mean, you, Clay, I think you're right. They kind of proved people wrong. They upset 100. percent I mean, this was a team who only won 88 games in the regular season. People argue that this team shouldn't have even been in the playoffs, and then they went on to steamroll through the playoffs, beat one of the best teams in baseball in just six games. And honestly, in my eyes, they kind of made it look easy. I don't really think that they ran into many. I mean, they definitely ran into so many obstacles, I should say. The loss to Acuna early on in the year, the trade deadline that they had. They lost Charlie Morton in the World Series. I mean, it was never an easy road for the Atlanta Braves. And they prevailed in every single aspect and played a perfect postseason in my eyes. They beat the Milwaukee Brewers. They went on and took down the best team in baseball in the Dodgers, and then they went on and took down the second-best team in baseball in the Astros. And I guess they're the best team in baseball now. I mean, they played such a good series, timely hitting. Their bullpen was unbelievable the whole series, which, honestly, you look back on their bullpen, those guys like Matznik and Minter and Smith, those three lefties, those guys were so good. And, yeah, I really think that you look back and it's those guys you rely on huge starts throughout and just timely hitting yeah yeah i got a few things to say about this first off if you look at it historic like history wise a lot has happened since the last time the braves have won the world series last time they won was 95 and i read somewhere that google didn't even exist back then yeah so that, i think it was 98 that that google came out yeah, and a few, until a few, a few so years later the second thing is i think this is the first time this semester that we have had somewhat of a prediction correct i know i had braves winning it <laughs> in five but if not they would take game six and the third thing i actually tweeted about this and ethan probably might not be the happiest about being a mets fan but since 2000 after this year every team in the nl east has won a world series except the mets the mets had two chances in 2000 and 2015 and they both lost in five games and kind of the question i want to give to everyone we could all answer this when are the mets going to have their time to shine not soon I, I, I truly believe that there are two teams in that division who are better than them. And you could say the same with the Yankees division. I'm, I'm not saying they're not. This is a different situation. It's the Mets. You have the Braves who, if they get their guys back, I'm sorry, my voice is a little raspy right now, but 
if they, if they get their guys back, they're going to probably make the push for the, the, the top spot. And I think the Phillies, if they can get sorted out and stay healthy next year, they're also going to make a shot at it. Both the, the Braves and the Phillies came down to that last series. If you remember, the Braves had to win that final series against Philadelphia. They got it done. I think the Mets have a little dysfunction going on right now. They have a lot of guys that are not on the team. they got to bring them back. They extended a qualifying offer to Conforto and Syndergaard. So I don't know if the Mets' time to shine is coming up soon. I really don't. Yeah, and also you got to look mm-hmm. at Francisco Lindor and the play that he has. You know, he... You know, with that massive contract that he was getting at the at the turn of the midseason or or um, in the off season rather, that was he wasn't able to produce. You know, those those numbers that he was able to produce in Cleveland since, since the first half of 2019, he has not been that same hitter. I don't know what happened to him. Lindor in the second half of the season had literally above career average numbers in the second half of the season. He just had a really, really bad first half. Like, really, really, really yeah, bad. Which again. depleted the, the heck out of his stats. But I really don't think he played that terrible. He played a, he played a, a serviceable, good, above-average second they're, half. They're not paying him, though, to be a serviceable. Well, good. I know, but he played an above-average second half, and it's his first year in New York. It wasn't even in contract yet. They haven't even paid him a dollar from that contract yet. Can we give this guy some time to breathe? I mean, every everyone just going at his neck. He's got ten more years in blue and orange. But he's the cornerstone of the, of the I know, franchise. And it's, you know what I mean? But I, I he's got to produce. No, 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 no. he's now, not the cornerstone know. of the franchise yet. They just brought him in. There's other guys that they're building around with him. And it's Steve Cohen brought us in. He didn't say we're gonna win the World Series in one year. He didn't say we're gonna do anything in one year. Obviously he wanted to make the playoffs. It didn't happen. But there's a plan in place, and I trust the process. He said three to five years. A championship. He thinks Steve Cohen believes that in three to five years he can bring a championship to New York. They're also. Do you realize that what they went through this year? I mean, Michael Conforto, a guy who's hit thirty home runs almost three different times in the season, had a bad year. Jeff McNeil had a bad year. He's a above three hundred career hitter. They just ran into some really annoying problems. Jacob Degrom, who was literally putting together the best season of all time, injured, injured here, here injury. Syndergaard never came back. Injury. Well, he kind of did, but. I think the Mets just, ran, just really ran into some unlucky things. But, I mean, you can call me biased for being a Mets fan and saying that, but I think that they're not in a bad place at all. I think that they have some really solid pieces to work around. And if you tell me the Phillies are better than them, on paper the Phillies have been better than the Mets since they started as a franchise. Or not started as a franchise, just the last like 10 years. And the Phillies haven't made the playoffs in the past decade. They have not figured it out. I love Bryce Harper. All right, but— I like Bryce Harper a lot, but— or, but the, the the Mets haven't made it in in five years, so so there you go. And I I, I I also if you reminded me, I have to voice my concern about Degrom as well because the, the Mets did not manage his injuries well. He they, they would they would make him pitch through injuries. He didn't pitch through. He did the forearms. The issue he pitched through. every time he was injured, he never pitched. Do you realize he there was starts where he only went four or five innings at a time? Yeah, but the, I to think take to, to Grom through three innings one game, struck out eight out of nine, and had perf- three perfect innings, and got taken out. Diff- different. He never pitched through injury. He just kept on dealing. Different with it. because when they sent him to Palm Beach right away, they had to shut him down for a certain amount of time early, and they failed to do that. I also think that a lot of the injuries are a result of Degrom giving it his all early in the season. Too much. I think he's not. He's, he's not. He's emptying the tank pretty early, and, and I think to preserve, he, he's still a very great pitcher when he's not emptying the tank so what early. What do you mean, though, by emptying the tank? Starting one hundred two all game. That, yeah, we've never seen anyone do, do that because he can do it. Derek Cole could do it too, but he doesn't. 
No, uh, f- I'm not. I'm not saying he's a better pitcher, Cole. I'm just saying I think there are pitchers like De- Degrom who can throw that. that yeah, that, but when you can go out there and throw it. 15 times more than any he other pitcher in the league is going to do it. And he got hurt doing it. Well, you know, you don't know why he got hurt. You don't know why he Swing got hurt. He got hurt because he's just, I mean, who knows? He's literally, yeah. he came up as a shortstop. He's literally a recently built pitcher. Do you think he got hurt hitting? That could be he, part of it too. he literally said multiple times that at least two of the times he had IL stunts was because of hitting. And he's a good hitter. So. It. it was his lat, which he got, it broke swing. It was, DeGrom was a great hitter. DeGrom was a great hitter. Yes, he's a great hitting pitcher, but I think to his, to his benefit, honestly, if the DH comes, that'll give him... Yeah, of course. And he can I mean, pinch I, him I once in a while. Same. I think the same, but I don't think you should take anything to Grom. I mean, injuries are injuries. It happens, and yeah, exactly. I wouldn't take anything away from that. I mean, the, the Mets dealt with so much this year, and obviously the Braves did as well, but the Braves were able to pull off a better trade deadline. I think that if the Mets pulled off a better trade deadline... That they could have been not saying winning the World Series, but I think they would have had a better, way better chance to win. I knew at the, I literally swear that I knew at the deadline that as soon as the Braves made those moves, the Mets panicked and flipped on Baez right away. I think they wanted Baez, but when the Braves were just bringing in all these guys, the Mets went. I literally remember sitting on my bed on Twitter on this computer I'm looking at right now, just refreshing and hearing all the news. Remember, there was like a 30 or 40 minute span where everyone was going crazy. And it was moves left and right, and the Mets weren't making any. People were like, hey, Mets, Dodgers, where are you at? And then two seconds later, Baez became a Met for one of their best prospects, which was very questionable. So they should, they got to bring him back, but i got to ask Clay a question. Yeah, what's up? Kansas City Royals, how are we feeling? Uh, very bad, because you have Jorge Solar, who played, so. ab- who played absolutely uh, incredible in the World Series, and that's who you know, I, the Kansas City I, I will tell you Royals this, lost. Bobby Witt Jr., be ready for him. He's going to be Dud. He's going to be really good for that team. Merrifield still has some stuff left. Still got Carlos Santana. Mondesi's there. Nicky Lopez had a career year. But they're unable to compete with all the other. Like they, they're unable to compete with the White Sox, who just yeah, so dominant. I know. You know, the White Sox so. like they were good this year, but they were like nowhere near what they expected. Like, like I thought that team was going to steamroll and win a hundred five games last year they like literally did they even win 90 games last year did they win 90 uh they won 93 they won 93 69 yeah but yeah. like they were favorites to win that division from the start and they played against four teams who did anyone claire are you looking at the standings right now yeah I'm did anyone in that division finish above 500 other than they, maybe the indians did uh no the indians were close they were 80 and 82 <laughs> they should have the White Sox should have won 105 games this year. Yeah. I, I don't think they were that good as people thought. They weren't. I mean, I predicted them to be really good, but that team was not that good. I mean, let's be honest. Think about disappointments this season. I mean, yeah, missing Jacob DeGrom for half the year was not, was not fun, but the White Sox only winning 93 games in literally the worst division in baseball and the dominant force they were supposed to be. No wonder why they had early first-round exits. They didn't play well at all because they didn't play anybody. And I thought that was going to be the thing. Like, people said that, like, listen, they didn't play anyone, blah, blah. They're not going to be good. I was like, listen, this lineup's stacked. They got arms. They'll get it done. They added Kimbrell. This team's, this team's fire. They didn't do anything. They did not they didn't do, do anything. anything. That team's not as good as we thought. Yeah, I feel like more. this is more of kind of a generalization with the AL Central where you could you could technically make the argument that whatever team comes into the playoffs out of the AL Central is not going to make it past the first round. And honestly, the the last time that 
an AL Central team made it past the first round was Cleveland in 2016 when they made it to the World Series, and obviously they lost to the Cubs. So I feel like with the AL Central, it's just one of those divisions where you have teams that are at the top or where they're leading. They look good on paper, and again, I feel like the competition isn't really on the level of, let's say, like an AL East or an AL West. And I think this is more AL speaking. I know the NL Central is usually pretty, like, when you look at it top to bottom, they're all really close in terms of the standings. But in terms of the AL Central, the competition, it really just hasn't been there since... I don't remember the last time that there were at least two teams in... Or I guess you this could say like the past, ten or fifteen years. You ago could say like maybe happened. the past few years when the White Sox were on the rise and you had the Twins or maybe even the Indians. But really, with the when it comes to the ALCS for like the past few years, it's just been between the AL East and the AL West. I haven't really seen the AL Central been there again since twenty sixteen. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's been a division that has struggled for years to come and. You know, unfortunately, that's that's the reason why they don't have playoff success. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trashing teams because I'm trying to get justification for the Yankees. I'm not trying to defend the Yankees. I'm just giving my opinions about these teams truly. Of course. No bias course, at all. Of course. All right. I think, uh, so I'm actually looking at, the last time, realistically, the last time this the AL Central was competitive was 2014. Um, the Tigers finished in first with 90 wins and 72 losses. The Royals finished in second, a game behind, 89 wins, 73 losses. And Cleveland finished right behind them, which is five games back from first place, with 85 wins and 77 losses. So that's three teams that were, were, were really good that year. And that was also the year that the Royals won the wild card game. And I believe that was that crazy yeah, was wild card game against, athletics, against, think, the, yeah, yeah. against the Athletics. That yeah. was like one of the best wild card games of all time. And then the Royals went on to lose in the World Series. Yes, to, to the San Francisco Giants. The, was it the San Francisco? Yeah, yeah 2014. San Francisco. Yep, yep, San Francisco, San Francisco. What did San Francisco finish that year? San Francisco finished as a wild... So two, they only won 88 games that year. Wow. Um, so two wildcard teams in the, in the World Series. That's pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean... I mean, looking at I mean, look at other divisions. I mean, the Mets division wasn't great, but those guys were all neck-to-neck for pretty much the entire year, at least the Braves, Phillies, and Mets. Uh, the Brewers, Cardinals... Brewers and Cardinals fought it out. Even the Reds gave them a run for their money at some point. I mean, the Cubs were at the beginning of the year pretty solid, but that fell off. Yeah, that, that that fell, fell off, off completely. And, then, and they course, broke up their whole they, team. They, they broke the band up at, at the deadline, of course. Giants, Dodgers was obviously unbelievable. Padres, I, I literally looking at it right now. I cannot believe the Padres finished seventy nine and eighty three. I mean, it's not any. The Mets are worse at seventy seven and eighty five, but like. People, people like trash the Mets for their season, but no, the Padres deserve just as much hate. I know the Padres deserve just as much hate. It's just this, it's just this mentality. The LOL Mets, the Mets are going to met, the Mets are going to met, and like I just have to accept it at this point. But like, and also major cities dominate, you know, in the headlines, and I know that. Why do we have to keep on assuming the Mets are going to be good? New York teams just aren't good anymore. Besides the Knicks, except for the Knicks, no New York teams are good anymore. Can we just assume they suck? Oh man! I mean, <laughs> it's pretty funny, but what? And it's not funny. It causes it women, me women, Yankees, emotional damage. In the World Series, you can finally. Yeah, I will. Wait, so Jeremy, for you, how do the Yankees win the yeah. World Series? Like, what, honestly, what do they need to do? There's a couple steps here. First step: sign Anthony Rizzo. He was so good on this team. On that team, there was a lot of dysfunction at the end of the season. Big roller coaster ride. A lot of losing. Some periods with a lot of winning. <laughs> Disappointing wild card effort. 
Anthony Rizzo was a consistent, really good glove and good bat. You got to bring him back. Then you trade Urshela and Voight in a package. I don't know who's going to take him. I don't know what they can get for him. But he, there are a couple players who have been a little injury prone, especially Voight. And I think there's a little, you have a little of a bit of a crowded infield now. So you get rid of him. Now, with that, you have Rizzo. Yeah, Glaber at second. He is a second baseman. He's not a shortstop. He have LeMahieu at third. Sign Carlos Correa to the roster. Or Seager. Ooh. I want Correa on the team. There's going to be a lot of Yankee fans who are upset by that. I don't care. Correa's a really good player. You, you, you be, you're the villain. You're the Yankees. You, you spend your money. Go out and get a guy like that. Then you have a full infield. Gary Sanchez will catch if he needs to catch. Something else that I think actually should be prioritized at the top of the list. Give a big extension to Aaron Judge. It needs to be done. He, he proved last year. He stayed healthy. Had a really good season. Was one of the only consistently good players on that roster. He won a section of the stadium named after him. The judges' chambers in right field. Give him money. We cannot let this guy go. It is, He's it would, basically become an icon for, uh, for all Ethan, of New York. Ethan's yeah. nodding his head over here. He knows. Aaron Judge proved he had to prove he could be healthy last year. Heck he yeah. did it. He did it. you got to bring him back. So those are my four steps. Get Rizzo back. Get Correa. Trade Rochelle and Voight and sign Correa. Yeah, and I really like the. I, it's not really a part of Jeremy's four step plan, but I know I saw this a lot on Twitter where afterwards, where the last time that the Braves won the World Series in 95, and then obviously we know what happened next for the Yankees. Obviously, we know what happened next for the Yankees. 96 and then 98 through 2000. So I feel like if you look at it that way, and if you if you kind of believe in like history and if that repeats itself a lot of people are going to be looking towards the Yankees for this year with like a higher I guess maybe a higher standard because of that but I agree they, they do have a lot to work on in the offseason and I think they even have to go for another pitcher because obviously yeah Garrett Cole in the wild card game and that was not pretty whatsoever no it wasn't I, I do believe he was had a had, wow I cannot speak this morning <laughs> I do believe he had an injury but that's in the past now yeah so. But I feel like if you could add, like, a fifth step to that plan is maybe look for another pitcher. I don't know. Again, I don't know the entire pitching market for free agency off the top of my head. But I feel like for the Yankees, you might have to look into another guy because that's just what I think they're going to have to do. I mean, I think they should use Voight and Urshela as a piece for a a starting pitcher because they— Without a doubt, in my eyes, need another starting pitcher. I agree, but yeah. my problem is I don't know who would take a package like that. I mean, I I literally have sat and thought in bed before I, when I couldn't sleep. I'm like, who would take Urshela and Voight? I mean, I, I don't know. I like, don't know. I, I think there's people, there's suitors. Voight was the Mets. Let, no, I do not want those guys. Um, I'm not saying that I don't want them because that's their third players. baseman. Well, they don't need Void at all. They don't need Void at all. They have too much going on with guys who probably need a DH spot anyway. And Urshela, I actually like Urshela. He's a good player. Um, I think you can find you definitely find a suitor. What about the, what about the Los Angeles Angels? Uh, you know. That's tough because they just signed Rendon for that big contract over at third yeah, base. Right. I mean, at shortstop they yeah, like you, Urshela they, can play shortstop. I know, but like. Who do they have over there? They got Iglesias and over Iglesias first place, Iglesias not there Jared anymore. Iglesias on Boston. Oh, yeah. Who's their shortstop? Luis Renjifo has played there. 
Okay, so I guess shortstop's open. They like they like they like the Walsh kid. Walsh they, had a great they, year. They could DH Voight. But I also what about Otani? The Angels have no pitching. I know they don't have any pitching. They don't they don't need that. They they definitely don't need that. Um, that's the thing. I think. Um, oh, what was I going to say? I uh, mean, I think the Yankees just they need to add a pitcher. In in reality, my ideal rotation it probably goes. You have Cole. Uh, Tyone's going to be back next year. What if they added point? like a Steven Matz? Gonna get shelled at the Yankee no, Stadium. Yeah. I already know. You think so? I already know he'd get shelled. I mean, I think he had a like a pretty serviceable. I want year. I want Luis Heal to be a full time part of the rotation. Davey Garcia was really disappointing. He never really came back. Yeah, up. what happened to that he guy? He was terrible at AAA. I legitimately remember talking about him before the season started as if he'd be a piece the whole year. And I feel like the Pitched I mean he, he didn't make the opening day roster. I know that he was really bad at the minors, and he really didn't. I know he didn't do well. Like his debut with the Mets was really good too. I, was that during 2020? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, he was a 20-year-old kid coming up, and he, uh, uh, his catcher was 40-year-old Eric Kraft. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. But I, I feel like with Davey Garcia, it, it's, one of those, it's one of those cases where you have someone who has had so much talent, and then you may, like, maybe they go to that level and they don't completely translate. And then you try to fine-tune him to the point where he loses all of what made him good in the first place. And I feel like this is just a case of that. Because, again, in AAA, his ERA was like 7. It was like in the 7s and the 8s, which uh, for someone who's formerly like in the top 30, you got to wonder like how like what's happened more behind the scenes with coaching and whatnot that has led to this decline. And yeah. I feel like for... The Yankees, in this case, this is one of those times where you might just have to see, at least from my standpoint, where it just it didn't work out with what they were trying to teach him. Well, the, you're, you're just a really good point, Kyle. And in reality, they're going to have Cole back. They'll have Tyone back, a healthy Tyone, hopefully. Luis Hill will be there. George Montgomery will be there. Uh, I don't know if they'll bring back Kluber. Probably not. I don't know what's going to go on here. I, they have Nestor Cortez too, hopefully. So they have some starters, but I think we could use one more top of the line starter for sure. Yeah, I think that without a doubt. I don't know. I, listen, like I mean, off the top of my head, it's it's really hard to just dive deep and try to find a team that would want to trade a starting pitcher like that. Blah blah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the market for starting pitchers. I'm looking at Kyle's screen right now. I mean, no one like sticks out to me as if they'd be like, "Wow, that's our guy." I mean, maybe a guy like John Gray. I mean, I kind of like John Gray. I kind of yeah, wanted, I kind of wanted a package like that. And yet, what if you signed John Gray and you splashed on Trevor Story? Maybe potentially. I mean, do you, I mean, I know you want to see. Totally I know you want Seager. Or Correa. I want Correa. Exactly. I want Correa. Bring Correa. Give me Correa. I, I, I'm sorry, Jeremy. I just really don't think Correa is going to the Yankees. Here's, here's some news, though. Oh, I was like, well, he was in Manhattan last. Here's, night. here's some news. Yeah, he was in Manhattan last. The night. so Astros offered him five years, 160 million. He's going to decline that. And John Heyman said that it likely halts further discussion because Houston has Altuve for 151 million and five years through age 34. He wants more years. That's the thing. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. He just yeah. want to sign he, a five-year contract. Yeah, this is the last big contract he's ever going to sign. Yeah, exactly. So I think who are some suitors for Correa? Because I've heard Mets going after Correa from some fans. I don't like, think uh, I, that's ridiculous. Because one, you have to get Javi Baez back on that team. Yeah, Javi Baez is yeah. the number one. And then option. if you oh, do that, over him. they're not going to have mega contracts on three infielders. This is not going to happen. I know. I mean, look what the Padres did. <laughs> the Padres kind of pooped themselves with that. They're going to play. They're, they got. They're going to six hundred fifty, six hundred forty million dollars right. on their left side. Of the and infield. they're going to have to pay Cronenworth eventually. 
Jay Cronenworth. I know Cronenworth. So really they the had some problems. But so what happened? You saw him in the Myers. Yeah, I saw him. Sorry, I, I saw him in when he was with the Rays. I saw him with Hudson Valley before they became a Yankees affiliate. So that was that great. Yeah, Cronenworth. He's actually one of my favorite players. I love Cronenworth. And me and the Padres can shake hands because Mets Padres fans shake hands. The Madres. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the Madres. The All right. Madres. Well, before we take a break, who are some early World Series? So you were very, very, very no, early. Let's, let's, let's the way. Let's, uh, I have we some free really agents. No, actually, it's, it's dead. It's dead. Who does Correa go to? Let's go around the table. I'll start with the Yankees. I, th- I, think, I think this is when Cashman knows he has to make the move. And I think, despite the fact that he'll get one of the three, the three big shortstops in Seager Correa story, I think he's going to go out and get Carlos Correa. And they're gonna really go full throttle up this thing. Clay, what about you? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Philadelphia Phillies. Mm, yeah, they could use a yeah, shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I, a, I that's like a that good, fit yeah. too. I like yeah, that fit. Definitely. Ethan, how about you? Oh, to be honest, gentlemen, I have no idea. <laughs> um He's not going back to Houston. I, I think he's going to I, I, know, I, I don't think he's going to go back to Houston either. I mean, who needs a shortstop? Because um, there are teams that will pay so much for him that are not Houston. Oh, I got a bold prediction. goes to the Tigers. That's a good one. Ooh. Goes back to A.J. The, the, Hinch. The Tigers have some really good players on that team. That they farm got, system they just, is pretty, pretty they, good. They just got Barnhart, Tucker Barnhart. The catch for them. Spencer Torkelson, who they drafted Torkelson last year, is a year so away. Good. He's a year, yeah. he's a year away. Riley Green might play next year, too. They have so many prospects, and like just having like a cornerstone like Correa, planting him in there, and plus AJ Hinch is that is that manager, and yeah, he'll bring back the chemistry. Exactly, bring it back. I wouldn't be surprised if we went to Detroit. I mean, Akil, Akil the Badu, Akil Badu, the best player of all time. Jonathan Scope, uh, <laughs> the best players of all time. Um, I don't Primer know. I think, I think like Correa. The only reason he'd be hesitant to go to Detroit is because he's not going to win right now. I mean, what is he, 30 years old, Correa? Correa is 27. 27. He's 27. He's 27. I mean, he. I'm, re- I'm reading why he's here. Correa, uh, the primary knock on him, he's been struggling to stay healthy on the field, but he played 148 games this year, 26 home runs. He had a BWR of 7.2. <laughs> I mean, that led all of AL position players. Yeah, I- I, elite, elite defense, elite I, defender. I just get so mad with the whole Korea thing when Yankees fans tell me oh, I will not root for, the, I can't root for him. I'm like, you root for Domingo Herman. I know. You can root for Korea. <laughs> I know. I mean, these guys. I mean, Domingo Herman literally was involved in domestic violence. Yeah, you, they, they'd rather female. have him on their team than Korea. I said, Korea, they, they, they were wearing buzzers. I mean, yeah, that sucks. If but there's if, people who on your team no, literally. That's not even confirmed. It's the trash. the law. That's it's the trash cans. And I'm, oh my, my voice is dead. I apologize for that. Jeremy was too hyped for that Ithaca Bombers win over Union. I was for, the, for the Devils shootout win last night. That's, oh, come on. But the Ithaca Bombers Should've win. just said the Bombers win. I, it was cooler. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to stay neutral on the Bombers because, you know, I am a radio pregame host. And... You're he's Bombers. A, he's a professional. You're Bombers, though. Yeah. You're allowed to side one way. Yes, yes. You're I'm Ithaca Bombers. At heart, we are Ithaca Bombers, yes. Yes, 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 yes. All right, cool. Kyle, cool. wait, Kyle's pick. Oh, oh yeah, Kyle, Kyle. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> that's, the one, that's the one thing where we're switching the mics. But so... I, I took a different approach with this, and I was looking through the Sportsline odd makers, whatever, which team will sign Correa, Ooh. looking at the, the list they have, plus 250. So it's Tigers, Yankees, then the Rangers, 
He will not go to the Rangers. The There's no way he goes to the To be honest, who wants to go to the Rangers Like at this point? That is such a weird franchise right now. Yeah. I mean, they have some, they have some good players, but they're so far away. They're so, that's the thing. Yeah. So after the, the Rangers, it goes Mariners, Phillies, which is I know Mariners wasn't brought up. I know Phillies was. They'll make a big push for him. Twins. So Minnesota, I don't know who, the, who do they have at shortstop. They have Andrew, Andrew and Simmons, but I, last I year, Simmons I, I don't know if he's back. This they can always play agent. Jorge Polanco there, but there's room for him. I'm not. And then I, I don't know how, but they have the Cardinals. And well, then Paul, Paul DeYoung was hurt. So. And the Astros. I At this point, I'm going to be honest. I don't know who's just going to sign. <laughs> give, it, give us a team. Yeah, you got to pick one, Tom. For the meme, do I pick? Do do I pick the Rangers for the meme? The meme, I think the Mariners make a strong push for him. You can go with the go with the Mariners. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Max Tanzer's team. I'm gonna go with the Mariners. There we go. Ooh. Some respect. Out of the blue, yeah, uh, yeah. Any yeah, final thoughts before we head to break? Yeah, let's go Mets. Bing bong, <laughs> Bing bong, <laughs> Bing bong. Yeah, yeah, Bing bong. Uh, yeah. So um, when we come back, uh, you're listening to Under Review on VIC Radio. Dot org. End your day with a smile by tuning into Over the Moon, VIC Radio's happiest specialty show. Listen every week, Thursday, 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. Your FM alternative. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. You made it through another long week. And there's no better way to celebrate than taking a trip down the scenic route on VIC Radio. Join us every Friday night at 10 as we explore the best of folk and Americana, stopping at all our classic favorites and discovering a new, unique voices along the way. Sit back and enjoy the view, only on VIC Radio. This is Under Review with Ethan Birch, Jeremy Goldstein, and Clayton Davis on VICradio.org. Welcome back to Under Review on VICRadio.org. Clayton Davis alongside Jeremy Goldstein, Ethan Birch, and Kyle DeSantis. Guys, NFL, we're already halfway through the regular season. Can you guys believe that this is, you know, this is what it is? Yeah, and before we get into that, I have to elaborate on how, how I lost in fantasy football this week. It was really bad. I got really upset over this. So... I was playing my my roommate Max in, in a matchup last week, and my team has not been very good this season. Think, just just I'm I'm dying for wins. I I, I at the time I was up by by 21. He has Kirk Cousins and Greg Joseph, my opponents, and all said and done, despite some anxiety at the end of that game, I have a point nine four lead, zero point nine four point lead when all is said and done, and I have the win. Now Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday pass. I'm still two and six. Something a record I'm not proud of, but happy to have. Considering again, I've struggled to get wins this year. Then Friday comes along, and I'm texted that I lost, and I'm I'm just saying there's no way. And so what happened was 
Max had a had the Bills defense. There is a stat correction that changed a blocked a, a missed field goal by Jason Sanders against the Bills to a blocked field goal, giving him two points in the win. So I lost after the games were over. I lost on a Friday. It's so weird. You can't you you can't make that up. Yeah. My voice dies on me again. You can't make that up. So I, I you know, it was really upsetting. Now I'm one in seven again. I my team's bad. I haven't been a good manager this year. That that really deflated me in fantasy. My team name is now I Quit. Like that that, <laughs> that was that was so so bad. I'm very upset over I it. I think you're having a, like a little bit of. Um, I, I think you're just like not really taking like last year's fantasy football championship loss very well, Jeremy. Yeah, I know. Oh my Thank god, you. wait. What even happened? I like Jeremy. You, 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 like, you won last year. He no. even beat me in the finals. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, the, no, I don't so, know. Why I don't bring that up more. I forget I, about I, it. I made the finals in both my leagues last year, and I lost the finals in both leagues. Did you really? No, this year oh, I'm, Jeremy, I'm, I'm like sorry. You're, I would be so upset. I'd be dead. I, no, I would never get over it. No, I know. And then this year I'm at the bottom of the league in both leagues. So oh. I guess it's it's fantasy football never treats me well. Uh, let's go around. How are you guys doing in fantasy football this year, Clay? Clay, you I'm actually leagues? I'm actually not in a league. I'm in a Honestly, fantasy basketball you. league, oh, you are? but yeah. Uh, How's I'm that going a, for you? I'm doing all right. Um, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna win for the first time this week. For the first time, there we yeah, go. Yeah, so unlike the Celtics, yeah. unlike the Celtics who lost on a buzzer beater last oh, night. Oh, I I'm so sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, that was were you watching that game? No, not really. But I I did see the uh, the buzzer beater. He was he. Luka Doncic is just so unbelievable that he's just able to lean, like, lean over two guys and just be able to, you know, pull it off. That so. was, like, close to three guys, too. He yeah. really ran into another um, – he ran towards another, like, teammate, which forced, like, pretty much a third guy to pick him up almost while he was doing that step back. Yeah, it was like a double team, but still. Clay, that was nasty. Yeah, it, it was nasty. I watched it like that a hundred they, – they have so many sick views all over social media of that shot, like SportsCenter and House of Highlights and all these different accounts. I saw like probably seven different angles of that shot. That was – I'm sorry about that. Yeah. But that was such a cool shot. It kind of reminds me of the game-winning game winning shot that he had against the in Denver the, Nuggets. In the bubble, right? Yeah, in, in the, the bubble. bubble. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of similar to that. Luke is so good. Oh. Get into the Knicks, Luka please. So yeah, go to the Knicks. Er, so if we're still on this fantasy yeah, topic, yeah. so in one of my leagues, I am respectably five and three, and originally my quarterback two or like my two quarterbacks were Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, I was thinking of going to him as a backup because Murray's still questionable after last week. COVID happens, so he's gone. And then I still have Murray, but he's seen as questionable. So at this point, he has zero points. So right now, if Murray doesn't play, my my starting QB in that team is Jordan Love. So that's going to be interesting. I just... At least that that team's been really hit by injuries, though, because I had Edward Tolaire and Logan Thomas who were on the IR, and that's how that works. And then my other league, it's a it's a smaller league, but I have a mm-hmm. bye, so that doesn't really mean much. What but What's your record in that league? In that league, just trying to pull it up here. It's it's a seven man league, so like the team is better, but all the teams are better. So I'm like I'm two and five in that, which isn't good, but it's not like last. It's yeah, not it's not place. last place. Yeah, but yeah, that that's how fantasy's going for me. If we're doing a little checkup on that, 
I got three leagues this year. Um, so one of my leagues is a bunch of Ithaca guys, and it's a 16-person league. Easily the hardest thing I've ever had to do. My first two picks were Barkley and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, both out. But I am 4-4 four and four right now, kind of right in the middle of the pack. I'm in ninth place, and eight teams make the playoffs, so I'm right behind at 4-4. Four and four. There's five teams that are above 500. Everyone else is either even or below. Like This is like one of the most competitive things I've ever been involved in. Like literally, I've been starting uh, Kahil Herbert as running back and Elijah Mitchell because oh, wow. you cannot pick up people in this league because there is nobody to pick up. There are no waiver wire acquisitions, which makes it really hard, but it's pretty fun. I got Herbert as my quarterback. Um, Robert Woods and DJ Moore, who have been kind of holding it down for me, they've been playing well, especially uh, DJ Moore uh, on some good days. But then I play in a 10-man league with my best friends from home. This is my big one. Um, I'm, I started off one and four, and now I'm on a three-game kill streak. So nice, nice. So who's, I'm four who's and been, four. Who's been playing really well, like for you, that has allowed you to have yeah, that three-game AJ streak. Brown. <laughs> His name's oh, AJ yeah. Brown. AJ Brown has been finally playing so well. Um, and Leonard Fournette. Uh, I I actually kind of just drafted him, not even intending for him to be my starter. He's playing really well. What stinks for me is that I took Michael Thomas in the seventh round. And he will not. I took the chance. I was one of those guys who took the chance. Did not pan out. Gibson hasn't even. I have Antonio Gibson. He hasn't played well. Dalvin Cook has not played well. Got Mahomes, Josh Jacobs, T. Higgins. I hope those guys start playing better. Uh, I think I have a good team on paper. I really do. It's just those guys just haven't been like kind of clicking all at the same time. I got Godwin as well. So I got a bunch of guys on bye this week. I'm in a little bit of a pickle. Yeah, me too. And I have. Yeah, weird week for buys. Um, kind of just crept right up on us. But and then my I got another league and I'm four and four in this one too. So realistically, I, oh I am four and four in all three of my leagues. Wow, I didn't even think about that. This one I also got Mahomes, um, uh, Barkley. I have in this one he hasn't played. Uh, I think James Robinson is not expected to play anymore. But I got Zeke, uh, Julio Jones, Mahomes, T Higgins. It's, it's uh, Odell Beckham. So hopefully Odell Beckham goes to Green Bay and has Aaron Rodgers throw him touchdowns the rest of the season. <laughs> that would help me out a lot. I'm like right in the middle of the pack of everything right now. I didn't even realize I'm four and four in all my leagues. It's not even kind of fun, but no. Well, it's you, fun. I mean, fantasy football is just so much. In fun. the I league, in the league, I didn't lose after games days after games were over. I am I started <laughs> off. I, I, this is a league with a bunch of I think of people as well. I'm, I started off zero and six. I'm now two and six. So my team's on the rise. They're trending up. Uh, my team name is now Team Bing Bong because I'm two and zero. Team Bing Bong, mm. and it's going to be a rough week this week. I have Metcalf and Hawkinson on bye. I have Saquon and Rodgers injured. I want Rodgers off my team, by the way, but that's a, that's not a topic for another time. We're going with Daniel Jones this week at quarterback. And I have Devontae Booker and Eli Mitchell at running back. And then Waddle and Pittman are my receivers. I'm starting Dan Arnold at tight end this week. It's, it's a bit of a bold one. Jacoby Myers is my flex. The Dolphins defense against the Texans, my uh, defense. And Graham Gano kicking. That's an elite lineup right there, if you ask me. That's kind of nasty, Jeremy. I know. No, it is. No, it's really not good. It's really, it's really, really bad lineup. But <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm sorry. I'm projected. The projections give me a 49 percent chance to win, so uh, I hey, think we'll be one percent under tying. And that's do, do you. Do you guys think Rogers can be traded? Is, is he a value? Yeah. Uh... I mean, if he comes back and he, you know, can 
produce well, like mm, I don't I don't think I don't so. I, I think he kind of ruined it. Not, and I've tried to I've tried to trade Rogers a lot in this gonna, league. Like, you're not gonna get anyone back. I keep getting offered when I, whenever somebody offers me Rogers, they give me they want to give me nothing back. Nobody wants to give me anything for him. Yeah, because he's a quarterback. Like it, what it, he's not doing what he did last year. Like fantasy wise, last year he was a stat rack. That guy dropped four touchdowns a game last year. Yeah, and I have to give a shout out to to Matt Kane. Uh, you guys know Matt Kane, right? Of course, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. This league, this year, he's at the top of the league in record. Last year, he was at the top of this league in record, right? Last year, I was, I was like the last playoff seed. I and he's always so good. His team is so good. I, I've beaten him every time I've played him. I've lost to so many bad teams, but whenever I play him, I win, and it's so the most yeah. frustrating thing for him. <laughs> like, like last, so last, like last week I played him, I was one and six, and he was six and one. He had the second most points scored, and I had the most points scored. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's it's so crazy. Bizarre. I beat I beat, yeah. him, yeah. I beat him in the semifinals of the league last year. I Matt Cain, I apologize, but I have okay. your number. Putting him on blast, right? We'll see him. We'll, we'll, we'll see him at noon. We'll see him at the noon hour, Jeremy. We can we cannot we can talk to him. We will. But like the thing about Rodgers is like yeah he's dicing it up, dropping at least two touchdowns a game, but his like yards aren't good. Like he's he's thrown for under two hundred yards in the last two out of three games, and he's only had one game all year where. Oh my God, he's only had one game all year where he's thrown for over 300 yards. Like in fantasy, like I have Mahomes in two of my leagues, and even though Mahomes is having like a bad year, well, not he's not having a bad year, he's struggling in the touchdown department. But yardage wise, Mahomes gets so many yards. He averages almost 300 yards a game. He's nine shy of it. Mahomes get has had now had three games over 300, and every other game has come close to 300 except for one when it was against Tennessee where. He got trampled that game and only threw right. for 206 yards. But every other game of that has been over 250. So that's the thing in fantasy. Like, you obviously want the touchdowns and the three touchdown games. And Mahomes thrown for five touchdowns against Philadelphia. But if he's not thrown for at least 300, you know, you'd hope for like 275 yeah, yards. Yeah, you have at to least. have a healthy balance of both yardage and as exactly well as touchdowns. because. Especially in like the leagues I play in, like mostly those touchdown passes are only four points. They're not six as if a receiver were to catch it. So the quarterbacks have to get like have to value points yardage wise. That's why like Burrow's been a really good fantasy quarterback. Kyler Murray's been a really good fantasy quarterback. Um it's like guys like those. Like I'm not saying Rodgers isn't a good quarterback. Obviously he's a phenomenal quarterback, but the problem is that who knows? Like, if he's not going to get those yardage, she's not going to be as valuable, especially from the quarterback position, because you can kind of play quarterbacks week by week. Not ideal, but I've done that before, picking up quarterbacks, like, just as we go. I used to have a mentality of fantasy football of only picking quarterbacks, like, after, like, the seventh or eighth round. But in <laughs> not happy about this, but in two out of three of my leagues, I took Mahomes in the fourth or fifth round. So. Well, who do you think has been the best player in fantasy this year? I'll go first. I'll be a little selfish yeah, here and go, go, go first. Go. I know Cooper Cup. Oh yeah, I was afraid. I was, I was yeah. afraid to go to him this year because he had an ACL injury, and I feel like he's been banged up a lot the last couple of years. Cooper Cup, man, he's been really good. Clay, what about you? It was Derek. I, I think it was Derek Henry no, before he got hurt. To be. Yeah, it had to be. yeah. I mean, obviously, absolutely dominating in terms of rushing in a league of his own, in terms of rushing ability and everything. So it's definitely him, but. You know, it's no longer so. Mm-hmm. Ethan, what about you? It's like a kind of like a tough question. I don't know, like off the top of my head. Um, like none of those like guys in like the top five were like any of the, like playing that well. McCaffrey's been injured. Cook's been injured. I mean, think about it, like so. Let's try to go through the first round really quick, really quick. Come, uh, McCaffrey first pick not, hasn't played. 
Cook has barely played. Kamara hasn't done much. Zeke and Saquon, not much. Henry, obviously, he was the big guy He that he's injured now, but he had a really good first half of the year. Um, Diggs, nothing. Um, Tyree Kill, nothing. Um, I mean, I'm definitely missing guys, but, like, the, the first round just hasn't been that great. Oh, Kyle's got the – okay, so there we go. Nick Chubb hasn't played. Uh, Aaron Jones has been okay. Devontae Adams has been pretty good. Jonathan Taylor's been really good. Jonathan Taylor's yeah. been really good, actually. Yeah, especially on Thursday Night Football. He had two oh, touchdowns. Yeah, yeah and even, yeah. like, the last time they played on primetime, too, he played really well. Um, Gibson hasn't been great. Hopkins has been good. Like, Kelsey's been okay. Kelsey hasn't done much. DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley doesn't play anymore right now. I mean, I don't even know. I guess Cooper Cup's my pick, too. It's just Clyde edwards Lair hasn't played. Kittle hasn't played. Alan Why even pick in the first two rounds if these guys just don't play? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. I'm going to look up who's got the most points. But Kyle, what do you got? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cuff, partially because he's on one of my teams and he's been carrying me at this point. Just because, uh, like, this, he's on pants. He's on pace for, like, a record-breaking season. I keep see, I keep hearing and seeing on social media comparisons to, to like, a Calvin Johnson year, I think, in the early 2010s, where he or just, when it comes to touchdowns, that number... He's on pace to match that. And, again, I, I understand and I could see why some people wouldn't have picked him because of coming off of that injury, but he has proved all those doubters wrong. And for me, it's kind of an easy one. I, I didn't have Derrick Henry, so I can't speak on that perspective. But I do have Cooper Cup on one of my teams, and he's probably carrying me through this season. So yeah. Cooper Cup is my pick. And he's been carrying the Los Angeles Rams, you know through the course of the season. That seems and, so good. Yeah. They've been absolutely dominating. But let's get into some games, um, some headlines, some big headlines. I mean, the biggest one this week is Jordan Love starting over Aaron Rodgers, who um, was unvaccinated and had to um, go through the 10-day process of being in COVID protocol. So, whoopsies. Oopsies. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> big whoopsies <laughs> there. But what do you guys – how do you guys think that Jordan Love is going to play today? Especially, uh, especially against the Kansas City Chiefs team that you know defensively hasn't been strong. What do you guys think? I don't think it's going to steal headlines. I think he'll be serviceable. He has weapons, but I don't think he's going to steal that like the, the steal of the show. I, I don't think he's going to be set up in that position by Matt Lafleur to kind of do that. I think he'll give the ball to Aaron Jones a lot, throw a lot of checkdown passes. Maybe try to hit Devontae Adams. I think he's going to probably take advantage of his great receiving ability. But other than that, I think Jordan Love is pretty much out there to try to take advantage of a bad Chiefs defense and just help the Packers get another win until they can get Rodgers back. Yeah, I kind of feel like uh, I can understand where you're coming from with the the Chiefs defense this year has just it's it's not been good. I'm just gonna be honest about it. No, it's not. For for me again, this is gonna be biased because I mentioned earlier on in the show that I picked him up in fantasy, so I'm just hoping that. He can get into the 20-point range, and I don't know if that's asking too much of him, but again, he does have the weapons. So I'm hoping he could just take advantage of the Chiefs' defense. He can have a solid game. Again, with Rodgers, he probably he could be back by next week, I believe, or next week or the week after. So this is just an opportunity for him to kind of show what he's worth, and again, against the Chiefs' defense, it's the best opportunity for him to do that. So I hope he... 
I'm just hoping he has a good game. And like I said, for fantasy, if he gives me 20-plus points, I take that as a win. I actually am going to go with the Chiefs. Oh, do I do that? I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll go with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, I think that, obviously, Monday Night Football wasn't great for them. They bounced. Yeah, yeah. But, but they bad, got, they got back in the win column. They got back in the win column. Now they're at Kansas. They're in Kansas City. They're in Arrowhead. I think they can get some energy. I mean, I don't know how good Jordan Love is. Um, I'm excited to see him just because. But this is like this is the game of the week, so we got our guy Joe Buck on call, which is going to be fun. I'll watch that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'll go Chiefs. Chiefs 27-21. I think Love throws for a touchdown, one touchdown. He plays a good game, and people are like, all right, he's good, but we'll see. And yeah, that's my prediction. Yeah. What about you, Jeremy? What, what's your prediction for the game? I think the Packers win. Uh, the Chiefs look really bad. And the, if the, it wasn't for the Giants beating themselves in that fourth quarter, they would have lost that game the Chiefs would have. So I think the Packers are a smart enough team with, with the players they got in the field right now. Aaron Jones is playing really well. Devontae Adams is back. I think Alan Lazard is back too. I think Love is going to be able to get the job done. The defense will be able to contain the Chiefs as much as they need to. Give me the Packers. What about you, Kyle? I feel like this is going to be a good game. I feel like Devontae Adams might be a bit out there. I feel like he might get, I think he's going to find the end zone once, if not twice this week. I feel like the Packers can pull it off again with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's really the offense that has kept them to this level because, again, you have Mahomes, you got Hill, you got Kelsey, you got all those guys. But it's going to come down to the Kansas City defense having to contain the Packers offense and yes Jordan Love is starting it's not Aaron Rodgers but I feel like the defense is gonna bite Kansas City again and it's gonna result in the Packers winning listen to this Aaron Rodgers currently under NFL investigation for not wearing a mask at a press conference and going to a teammate's Halloween party per Rappaport oh wow he gets suspended that's an actual thing yeah I know that, that, that's that picked up Jordan Love? I mean Aaron Rodgers barely wants to play football right now anyway yeah <laughs> they're forcing him almost out of the league I mean, he's lucky he's so good, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think for uh, for my prediction of the game, I think with the Chiefs, uh, you know, and all the distractions that are going on with Aaron Rodgers, as you just mentioned, with the news of him not wearing a mask at a press conference and then going to a Halloween party, I think that personally this results in the Chiefs, you know, winning this game, you know, because they're able to build on the distractions that the Packers are having, so... I think the Chiefs win uh, 28-15. to 15. I think it'll be a low-scoring game um, over the course of this one. Jeremy, you got something? No, no, yeah. No, oh, okay. Good. Cool. Uh, what else we got? What are the games? Yeah, uh, another 1 o'clock matchup. We have Cleveland and Cincinnati, a big AFC Oh, yeah, North the Battle matchup. of Ohio. Yeah, the Battle of Ohio. Yeah. So, yeah, this is definitely a huge game in terms of, you know, seeding for the AFC North. Obviously, Cleveland losing last week to the to the Steelers, and then you had Cincinnati you know, uh, losing as well. So what about, what do you guys think? I like the Browns in this game because both teams are playing after embarrassing losses, in my opinion. The Bengals lost so many points to a backup quarterback on the New York Jets, and the Browns really did not show out against the Steelers team that really hasn't necessarily found an identity for who they are quite yet. I like the Browns in this game just simply because I think they removed a lot of toxicity from their roster this season, this year, this past week with the Odell Beckham situation. I don't know what was going on, but it was clear to me that he was not liked at all in that Definitely. locker room. 
lot of, there, there were players who anonymously said they didn't like him, and I think coaching staff was probably very frustrated with him after his inability to really succeed on that on that team. I th- I heard. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. Oh, I'm sure Odell. I'm sure Odell has has done yeah, his fair share Odell. of bad we things. Know Odell. Oh but yeah. I heard. Apparently, Baker Mayfield said he had no problems with Odell Beckham off the field at all. But you also had Odell's dad. Odell's dad videos. definitely burnt some bridges. I think. I don't know. That's a whole. That's a complete conversation yeah, for another time. And apparently, he just said there could be issues. But relatives do that. I know when parent like what is like I don't know yeah when they get involved it just it never works out for anybody well well well, here's here's the deal I think the Browns Nick Chubb is fully healthy but I I think the Bengals what Chubb returns this week I thought he was he was back last week (laughs) did he play last week yes all right it's it's early I'm sorry but (laughs) but I think the Browns really did not have a great offensive performance against the Steelers when they should have been better a lot of turnovers in uh, Steeler territory. I think the Bengals are showing their true colors. I don't think they're as good as they truly were back when they were 5-1, and 5-2. and two. It could be, the, could be Cleveland. It could be the Browns. I like Baker. I yeah. will pick the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I'd like them today in, in Cincinnati. Um, I think last week just kind of sucked for them. Um, but teams come across games like that. I think that they come out strong this week. Joe Burrow's had a great season so far. Obviously, Jamar Chase as well. Jamar Chase, I mean, that connection. I think people, a lot of people knew how good that connection would be. And, man, it's panned out. So, I'm excited what they got in store today. I think they can pull off a win. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Somewhere's in, like, the 23-17 to like 23 to 17 type caliber of a game. Bengals win. Yeah, I'm going to get the Bengals, and I understand we're talking about the Odell situation and how it's panned over. I wonder if it's still on the mind of Baker Mayfield whatsoever. He could have moved on from it, but I feel like just with that little ounce of sort of dis- that little ounce of distraction, it could very well play into today's game. So I'm going to get the Bengals just for that reason, and also Joe Burrow is really good. And again, with the Jets game, that's because they, they came in against – they lost to Mike White. And honestly, I'm only the only thing I'm going to say about Mike White is the last time I really had seen a player kind of get that much hype around New York was around Linsanity in 2012 and 2013. But – Why do you think that, Kyle? I guess really just because he was thrust into a spot when no one really expected him to do anything and he just threw for 400 yards. It, it's, it's not the same as like in a basketball situation, but – I feel like if you're able to do that in one game, and yes, he did get banged up in the next game, but just being able to do that, in the case of the New York media, you can get a lot of hype around that, and I feel like White kind of is on that same level. So back to the the main topic, though. Give me Cincinnati over Cleveland. Make some Giants picks before we wrap it up. Yeah. What, uh, let's start with you. Yeah. Let's let's just go right there. I, I have a good feeling about the Giants today. This is the most, as sad as it is. This is probably the most healthy they've been, and, and Saquon and Shepard are still out. Galladay's back. Tony's healthy. I think Jones is a really good day. I think the Raiders have gone through a lot this week and a lot this season in general, yeah. and I like the Giants' defense as long as they they do not, are not in the field all game. Give me the Giants. I want think? the Giants to win, but I also want Josh Jacobs to run for 2,000 yards on the ground. So. Oh, I will no. take the – I'll take – I hate predicting for the Giants because I want to be biased and because I want to root for them. I'll go Raiders 
when I think it's a high-scoring game, 31-28. Yeah, this is one of those games, again, where you have the Giants, who are still, again, with 2-6. and six. No one expected them to be at this point. And for the Raiders, yes, they're 5-2, and two, but they have gone through so much this year. And it's continued throughout the season. At least in the past few weeks, it's started to add up over time. I feel like the Giants do have the ability to pull it off. I, I don't see it really from a biased perspective. I, I understand, again, like Tony's back. I, and this also could be biased because I have Tony on my fantasy team and I want him to score a lot of points. But I feel like the Giants are going to take advantage of the continuing compound of all the outside influences in the Las Vegas Raiders organization. Definitely, and I'm going to go, just because we have to wrap it up, I'm just going to go simple. I think the Giants win just because of all the problems with the Raiders. That's going to wrap it up for Under Review. I've been Clayton Davis. My thanks to Jeremy Goldstein, Ethan Birch, and Kyle DeSantis. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. day so why not take the scenic route home tune in for a variety of folk music every friday 10 to 11 p.m right here on vic radio at vic the voice of ithaca college we prioritize diversity